Praise the Lord. Amen, family. Once again, what a privilege and honor it is to be able to come into your homes. We have had a bit of a challenge with our power, power outages, and I don't know if it's affected uh, you watching, but we're back again, and we're doing the best that we can. We also want to remind you that our phone lines are open, and we have um, pastors that are waiting to take uh, your call and to pray, and many of you, many of you right now have called in. Thank you so much, and we're standing in agreement with you, all right? So the prayer lines will be open until 11 a.m., so you have a bit of time to get in, and uh, let's just join our faith together and believe in this miracle-working God that we serve. The Bible says one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand, and we know that there is power in agreement. Amen? I want to continue, and I'm going to just finish today on Job, uh, and Job was, a, was a, quite a remarkable man. And so if you do have your Bibles, we're going to look at Job uh, chapter 1, verse 1, Job 1, 1, uh, in the New King James Version. It says, and there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. And the Message Bible says Job was a man who lived in Uz. He was an uh, honest inside and out, a man of his word, who was totally devoted to God and hated evil with a passion. We've been talking about unstoppable faith. Again, let me remind you that this year our theme is Unstoppable 2021. And we're not going to let anything stop us from fulfilling the plans of God, the mandate of God, the purposes of God. And we're believing that for you. Amen. Nothing's going to stop that marriage from flourishing and growing in God. Nothing is going to stop that business of yours from being multiplied and seeing the increase of God and the favor of God. So that's what we are talking about. And last week, I know I spoke a little bit about faith and the unstoppable power of faith, and that really there's no greater power, even if you compare it to solar power, electrical power, hydropower, nuclear power. But here we're going to see some aspects concerning Job. And the first thing that I want to tell you was that the Bible says he was blameless. And this is my first slide, which simply means that blameless is really just the ability that is, you, you are given over to please God. Blameless simply, simply means to be given over to please God. And when you look at Job, he was a man who was wholeheartedly and completely given over to please God. In other words, what am I saying? Unstoppable faith is a faith that enables you to be wholeheartedly and completely given over to please God. That's without any reservation, without any limitation. And faith, the God kind of faith, will cause you and I to live for God and that our lives would be pleasing to Him. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, that without faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I want you to understand today that it takes faith to believe in and to speak to and to worship a God that you actually cannot see with your naked eye. And so here's my next slide, which simply says that God has given every single person, every one of us, 
every one of you, the capacity to believe. I think that's incredible. We have a belief system that was given to us by God. But the question is, what is your belief system attached to? Who or what is the subject of your faith? Now, as believers of God, you know, we were drawn by God or to God by the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost came upon us and convicted us and showed us that we were sinners in need of a living, loving Savior, but it still required the faith of of God on our part to receive and believe the truth of that word. And by faith, you responded and I responded. And by faith, we then sounded our faith and we believed with the heart and we confessed with the mouth that Jesus was and still is today the Christ, that he died for us. And three days later, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he came back to life. And that by believing in the simple fact, you and I were born again by the Holy Ghost. And we who were once dead unto God were made alive unto God. Family, all of that simply by an act of our faith because we were given the capacity to believe. And the only way we can live blamelessly as did Job is by living a lifestyle of faith. So living a lifestyle of faith is actually pleasing to God. And what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, it's not just Christmas time or Easter time or when you're going through a hard time, but every single day of our life, when you're up and when you're down, and especially during times like these, you know, we are living in unprecedented times. And this COVID pandemic, which is an invisible virus that is dictating to you and me what and how and when, an invisible virus living in the unseen realm, the same realm that the unstoppable power of faith lives in. Hallelujah. And Hebrews tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to overcome this virus and all of its effects. And I believe with all of my heart that today more than ever in the face of this pandemic with this invisible killer, we need to protect and uh, cultivate and nurture and strengthen and even vocalize our faith. Can you say amen? Amazingly, it's the one thing that Jesus questions whether he will find when he comes back in Luke 18 and 8. It says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find, not a wishy-washy faith, not a up one day and down another day faith, but will he find the God kind of faith, hallelujah, when he comes back? And I want to just say it that many of God's precious people have lost their way during this time. And I'm not here to judge or condemn, but I'm here to tell you that God loves you and you can come back to him. Hallelujah. You might have made a mistake. You might have just operated in doubt and unbelief. You might have thrown the towel in, but I want to tell you, man, you can come back 
to God. And you can start again in this lifestyle of faith, this adventure of faith. You say to me, well, pastor, how does faith come? How does faith come? How is faith manufactured? How is it produced? Well, the Bible says it's simply by the Word. The only author of faith is Jesus. And I'm talking about the faith of God, the God kind of faith. The only author of that kind of faith is Jesus. And the only way that we can generate faith in our hearts, which in turn helps us to please God, is by getting the Word into our hearts. That's why we've gone ahead and made BI, the Bible Institute, for free. We want you to study for free, that there is no financial uh, burden placed on anybody to get the Word of God on the inside of you. And the only way the Word gets into your heart is by you getting into the Word. And so we know Romans 10, 17 says, then faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I want to just say to everybody as well, you know, it's actually impossible. It's impossible to have a relationship with God without the Word of God. It's impossible. If you have a relationship with God, there needs to be a relationship with the Word of God. It would be like a horse rider who tries to compete in show jumping, but he has no horse. And so he talks about the jumps and how-tos, and, but really, without a horse, he isn't really a, a, a show jumper. The horse is the vehicle through which he's able to carry out his show jumping, and the horse carries him, and it enables him to fulfill his purpose as a show jumper. Family, it's the same when it comes to you and I with God's Word. The Word of God is the vehicle that enables us to have an ongoing and a real, authentic relationship with God. The Word of God enables me to hear God. The Word of God enables me to know the will of God and the purpose of God in my, in my, for my family, for my children, for every part of me. Hallelujah. More importantly, it's the Word that fuels my faith so that I can be pleasing to God. I want you, if you have your Bibles in your homes, lift your Bibles in the, in, in the air and say, the Word of God fuels my faith so that I can be pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. So let's look at what Paul writes. He says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 9, he says, therefore, we make it our aim. We make it our aim, whether absent or present, to be well pleasing to him. Well, pleasing to him. How is that even possible, Paul? Well, by faith. Hallelujah. And then in Colossians 1 and 10, he says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. My goodness. Now, before it was well pleasing, now it's fully pleasing. How is that even possible, Paul? By faith. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us, how you ought to walk and to please God. How do we do that, Paul? By faith. By faith. So why is faith the necessary ingredient to be pleasing to God? Simply because faith The faith of God or the God kind of faith enables you and I to push past the natural 
and into the spiritual. It enables you and I to walk in this life, wrapped up in this body of flesh, facing all kinds of adversities, and then to walk by faith and not by what we see, by what we hear, by what we can touch, or by what we can smell. You see, the Bible tells us that God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And, and the truth is that we are spirit. So God is spirit, and we are spirits, and we communicate to God with our spirits. It is spirit unto spirit. And when we think about Job, I mean, this guy, it's, it's a, a, a truly remarkable story. Job was facing all kinds of troubles, but he was able to live for God. How? By faith. Even when he sat on the ash heap with all of his boils and his sores, his body racked with pain and agony, even when all his friends judged and condemned him, the three friends, and then right at the end, the younger guy, Elihu, comes in, and he tries to speak, and he's also really just judging him and condemning him. Even when Job's wife told him to forsake God, he was still able to serve God and live for God and be pleasing unto God. How? By faith. Look at Job 13, verse 15. This is Job, all right? Right in the middle of his story, this is what he says. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. Remarkable. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'll never forget the 7th of June, 2016, when the Jesus Dome burnt down. I, I think I drove down from Hillcrest to Durban in about seven or 10 minutes. And as terrible and as tragic as it was, what did we do? We gathered on the car park opposite where the dome was. We lifted our voices and we worshiped and we continued. How did we do that? By faith, the unstoppable power of faith. And then the next month, we were supposed to have a conference, and people were saying, are you still having the conference? And we said, we're going to go ahead and have the conference, and we had the conference. And how did we do that? By faith, the unstoppable power of faith. And then about a year and a half later, when that terrible wind came and blew down the tent, Again, we lifted up our voices and we thanked God and we continued. How did we do that? By faith, the unstoppable power of faith. And as if that wasn't enough, at the end of that year, Pastor Fred left us and went on to be with the Lord. And I thought, well, how are we going to continue? I can't walk in his shoes. I can't do what he did. How are we going to manage but by faith we did. The unstoppable power of faith. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God took care of them. There was a cloud by day and then a fire that came about by night. And they had fresh manna served in every morning except the day before the Sabbath where they had to gather twice as much the night before. But when Joshua took them over and they crossed the river Jordan and they moved into that land that flowed with milk and honey, there was no more manna. And they saw the giants. They saw the fortified cities. They saw the walls and everything's with their natural senses. But they had to walk by faith and trust God. And what did God do? Almost as if he was, he was rubbing it in a bit more. He said, I want you to walk around there, the walls seven 
seven, for seven days. And then on the seventh day, I want you not once, but seven times, hallelujah, walk around those walls. I mean, God was teaching them that no matter how big the natural was, the spiritual is always greater. And I want to say this, no matter how big my mountain or your mountain, God is always bigger. No matter how big, can you say that there in your homes today? Say this after me. No matter how big my mountain, God is always bigger. Say that one more time. No matter how big my mountain, God is always bigger. And there is no greater power than the power of faith. You know, sadly, many people are feeding themselves solely on the words of what others are saying or otherwise what they see on Facebook or otherwise it's all these conspiracy theories. And then when adversity comes, they don't have a solid foundation and structure to support them and their whole world comes crumbling down. But I have discovered, this is my next slide, adversity comes to test the quality of your faith. That's what adversity does. It comes to test the quality of your faith. Comes to see the stuff that you're really made of. And you know, again, let me just say, I've seen many of God's precious people fall by the wayside and give up on their faith and give up on God during this COVID pandemic. But look at what Peter writes here in 1 Peter 1, verse 6, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. You've been grieved. And I tell you what, this COVID-19 has brought a lot of grieving. It's brought a lot of sorrow. It's brought a lot of pain, a lot of agony, a lot of heartache. He says, verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Whom having not seen, you love. You see, there has to be something more to your walk with God, something more to the substance of your faith. And again, let me just say, we're living in very turbulent times right now. As a matter of fact, there's a changing of the God. And as it were, the systems of this world are being put into their place, and the kingdom of darkness is ridding, ridding itself for its final assault upon the world and upon the people in the world. But what about the church? What about you and I? Do we go and hide do we find a cave and stay in that cave? Or do we go up high in a mountain and remove ourselves from everybody? Do we back off? Do we quit? Absolutely no, in Jesus' name. We carry on, hallelujah, regardless. And I want to say that it's business as usual. Why? Because of the unstoppable power of faith. We carry on doing what God has called us to do. We carry on with the vision that God has given us for the Durban Christian Center, the reap vision, reaping everything that Jesus accomplished for the glory of God. And we do that how? By winning the loss, reaching our city for Jesus, getting those people uh, 
you know, grounded in the Word, that they might find freedom and then help those same people discover their giftings and callings and then help those same people know that they can make a difference. Hallelujah! We carry on shining brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter for Jesus. As God's people, we are called to occupy and advance his kingdom on this earth. You know, many people are saying, well, 10 years time, Jesus coming. You know, I remember when I got saved. And then I got saved in 1982. In 1988, somebody wrote a book about 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. Family, we're still here. Jesus hasn't come yet. Is he coming? Of course he's going to come. But I continue with my foot to the pedal. I continue, you know, without any reservation, unstoppable. I continue without any limitation. And when and I'm ready all the time. If Jesus were to come tomorrow, I'm ready. If he comes in 10 years' time, I'm ready. But I'm occupying. I'm advancing the kingdom. I'm doing the works that he called us to do. Hallelujah. I believe that as the church, we are preparing ourselves for the greatest visitation and the greatest revival in all of the history of the church. And let me just reiterate it. Jesus isn't coming back for just four people that are holding on and holding on for dear life because any minute now, they're going to backslide as well if Jesus doesn't hurry up and come. No, he's coming back for a glorious church. It is a triumphant church. Maybe you've had some defeats through this COVID. Maybe there's been some loss. Maybe there's been some disappointments. But I'm here to encourage you today, come on, to pick up those weary hands and pick up those weary heads and fill your heart with praise and fill your heart with, with, with God's Word and begin to sound your faith, begin to vocalize your faith. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person that has been watching this online service. And even though we've been interrupted, I thank you that the Spirit has not been interrupted. And the anointing and the presence of God that has come into every home has not been interrupted. But what the enemy has meant for harm, God, you have turned it about for our good. Let your word prosper in the hearts of men and women today. I pray, God, let there be a boldness that rises on the inside of people right now. We might have been swayed this way and pulled that way and messed around with all kinds of stuff. But today, I thank you, Jesus. You're building your church, and you're causing us to be stronger and stronger and stronger. I want to thank you for unstoppable faith and the power of unstoppable faith. Nothing can stop the power of faith working in the heart and life of an individual. And so, Father, we bless your people today in Jesus' name. Now, listen, you've been listening to me. And through maybe just circumstances, whether it's at your work or in your family or in your marriage, but somehow you've disconnected with God and you've grown astray. I don't know. And uh, you've lost that love and maybe things have happened and maybe you feel like Job, like what the guys were trying to make him feel, condemned. And they were trying to judge him and trying to make him feel terrible. And maybe that's what you are feeling right now. But I want to tell you, God loves you. And no matter where you are finding yourself, you can come back to him. You can come back 
to Jesus. You can. You can. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your heart and family. Those of you that are watching, maybe, and, and you're a guest here, you know, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about theology. I'm talking about a person, Jesus Christ, who 2,000 years ago died on a cross for you and for me and took all of our sins, took all of our iniquities, took all of our weaknesses, and on that cross, he was crucified. And then three days later, was raised back to life. Ordinarily, a man dies to stay dead, but Jesus died so that he could come back to life. And in doing so, he conquered, he conquered the power of sin, the dominion of sin. He conquered the forces of darkness. And in his death, burial, and resurrection, he made it possible for you and I to have the power of sin broken from off our lives because it's just very natural with the nature to sin. But Jesus broke that power through his death, burial, and resurrection. And by believing on him and confessing him with your mouth, believing in your heart, you receive the same victory that he accomplished on the cross. You come out of darkness and into light. You come out of sin and into his forgiveness. You come out of lack and into the abundance of God. You come out of depression and sadness and into the joy of God. You come out of being unaccepted to being accepted by God and the family of God. And so wherever you are right now, I want to pray this prayer, all right? Right there in your homes, you can just say these words after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am, with all of my faults, with all of my failures, and with all of my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness right now. I repent. And I thank you for your love, your grace, your forgiveness that I receive. Thank you for your blood that cleanses me and washes me. And I am forgiven. Right now, I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. And I'll never be the same. From this day onwards, I'm changed. I'm a different person. I'm brand new. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Family, if you prayed that prayer, would you just let us know? Just say, I prayed that prayer, you know, just so that we can agree with you, just so that we can rejoice with you. If you need follow-up, if you need counseling, that's what we are here for. Our lines are still opened right now for at least about 35 minutes. If you need prayer, if you need counseling, if you need to speak to one of the pastors, whatever it is, that's what we are here for. Amen. And so I've really enjoyed this Sunday together with you. I trust that you've enjoyed the experience as well. Until next time, we'll see you again. Bye-bye.